All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Well, let's start the show. Let's start it off, man. <laughs> Here we go. Got warmed up. Still feeling a little cobwebby uh, for no good reason. Oh, man, and just these things. It's warmed up because it's 76 degrees in February. I'll take it. It was an easy winter. I feel like it was an easy winter. A couple, couple cold days, a couple mm-hmm. snowy days, a couple rainy days, and we're out of it. I think we got one more rainy, snowy tonight, possibly. But. I'm good with that because we're on shift tomorrow, so mm-hmm. I can handle that. It's a great day to have rain and snow, and then it's back up to 68 yep. for bike rides after that. Um, welcome back to your kitchen. Welcome back to the final recap of True Detective Night Country, aka a bigger letdown than I am to my parents. What a bummer. And uh, like we were just saying, it's kind of far in the rearview mirror, and I've watched so many videos. I've actually stopped watching videos on it because everybody's frustrated at the same things. Yeah. Incomplete plot lines, drop storylines. I got to tell you, when you told me after episode four, there were only two left, I was pretty torqued up about that. I'm like, got to be kidding me. They're only doing six episodes. A lot of people were. Pretty happy that it uh, was only six and a half hours uh, time spent, and I, time invested. I got to tell you, if every epi- if they the way it ended with the storyline that it ended on, that could have been the storyline the whole time. Yeah. That was easily, you could we easily build that out. We talked about this too, like halfway through where I'm like, they're going to bring something back that you were supposed to notice five minutes uh, in. And then they're going to bring it back and be like, ha, gotcha. <laughs> is that just lazy? Is that lazy writing? Or is that like thinking you're so, super smart and like, I think it's uh overconfidence of writing. Of, okay. Uh, being like, wow, they're never going to see this coming. Yeah. Because you didn't foreshadow it at all. Right. right. <laughs> you put you put one person, I think total, the main character in that climax had like, 45 seconds of screen time probably yeah. maybe mm-hmm. and one line mm-hmm. and she shook her head and that was it yeah super frustrating mm-hmm. um even more frustrating two two more frustrating things first one is all the stuff they threw in from the first from the first season of true detective completely meaningless meaningless and useless yeah i will say the only thing and i it's been a while since i watched the first one but i believe in the first one it was kind of a similar thing of like they they flashed the the villain like halfway through. Yeah. And then at the end they brought him back, but it was just done so much better. But the villain was connected the whole time through yeah. the story they were chasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This these people were completely unrelated to right. everything else they were putting out mm-hmm. there. Second most frustrating thing, I think, to a lot of people is that they renewed it for a sixth season fifth, fifth season now mm-hmm. with the same writer mm-hmm. as this season. So people are like, Well, that's the end of yeah. True Detective. Like mm-hmm. I'm not tuning back in for more just fun runarounds right because people like i like to get into the show and like dissect it and watch all the youtube videos on it and see mm-hmm. if you could figure out what crazy plot line that wasn't going to happen might be real mm-hmm. but now people are going to be like it's not even worth having fun with that anymore because all we're going to do is be frustrated that you're going to be like oh and by the way this was the culprit yeah <laughs> yep so what a bummer mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to watch the first three episodes over again because they were entertaining, but should move on to uh, what did I call it? Six Nations? Is that what I said? 
Is that the rugby show I told you to watch? The Netflix doc? Yeah. Is it a docu, like a series? It's a docu-series. I think it's eight episodes. Okay. That one's worth it for sure. I'll dig into that one. I always get a little bit intimidated watching those things though. Oh, you're, I mean, you will feel lesser about yourself after watching it. That's what I'm sure. saying. Like they yeah. leave me unsettled. Yeah. Don't watch it with Katie because she'll be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah i get halfway and i'm like this is making me feel very uneasy mm-hmm. like i am just not good <laughs> and stuff and like um especially I, they flash through some weight room scenes and they're like uh yeah it's 200 or something and i'm like then you realize that they're talking kilos and stuff and you're like oof, super duper <laughs> um yeah that's an intimidating lifestyle rugby is it sevens rugby or is it like no it's full 15s are you learning the rules of rugby now I have no idea what's going on. I'm learning some stuff. Yeah. I didn't know that your number reflected the position that you played. So like you don't get to pick your number. If you're flyback or whatever, you're number nine. That's wrong. Don't don't quote that. But yeah. whatever position you are is the number that you're assigned. That's that's so is that a that's like in football too though. But is they it have less groupings structured? of numbers, but they they relax that a little bit. Okay. Um Hockey, it's all over the place. Yeah, hockey's all over the place. It used to be lower numbers were defensemen. Yeah. And then it went up, and now it's just, I, I don't know if you get to pick your number or what, but there's 98s and 88s, Yeah, obviously, and then twos. Um, that actually fits. That, that might have been back when it still mattered when Duncan Keith was two and Seabrook was seven or something like yeah. that. And Baseball is kind of the same way. Once you got into the 40s, you were probably a relief pitcher, and mm. if you were above that, you were someone who didn't have a good chance of making the roster, but now it kind of bounces <laughs> all over the place. Um, I forgot. I had something on that on that front too about rugby and all that stuff. Oh, but that's the mark of a good documentary, right? Right? Is like same with the F one Drive to Survive one. Mm-hmm. I know zero about that, but I'll watch that documentary yep. that series all day long. There's a uh, a bike race one called about the Lifetime Grand Prix. It's eight professional bike races, and there's a point structure and all this like pro race stuff going on inside the race don't have to know anything about it because they're yeah. building like character stories around it and you're super entertained by yeah by and this the is thing. cool because they get into so it's like six nations in england uh sorry in europe so you do get a little like the history and culture of each because i think it's italy france wales scotland england and ireland mm. so you get a little bit of history in it you get then you get individual breakouts as they kind of like focus on certain players throughout so all it's right. it's entertaining all right well we'll start it tomorrow I'm sure you're okay watching it yep, over again. I sure am. <laughs> um, I put a question box up days ago, and it said, like, give me your unpopular opinions of the fire service. And got some good answers. The two that struck people were about, well, a couple. Mandatory fitness testing, like we should have more of that, mm-hmm. which is a almost a non-starter of a conversation, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Of course, Joe Galley hit me up immediately about that one. Of course. I'm like, tell that person to send me the blueprint then. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> a little chesty. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one was about seniority and about how seniority shouldn't count for as much as it does in the fire service. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, tell me more about this. And a dozen or so responses came back. People came out of the woodwork that I've never talked to before yeah. on social media or through the podcast and, and wrote paragraphs about their gripes about seniority. Mm-hmm. I reposted a number of them, um, but it came down to a couple different camps. And it was the camp of, there was the union side. So Joe Galley hit me up again. And uh, felt immediately on the defense of seniority of like, why wouldn't you put weight on seniority to afford more vacation time and, and shift picks and stuff like that? Like, mm-hmm. that's the most natural thing to do. And if you've been around for that long, you deserve to 
have more benefits essentially, sure. essentially than like the brand new person. You have earned benefit. Then there was a side from the top down that was like, yeah, I am a senior person. Um, sorry, like figure it out. There's also a number of them that said like, yeah, your job as a junior person is to listen to the senior person and learn some stuff mm-hmm. before you think like you have all the afforded leniency and ability of a senior person. Yeah. I think that was coming from highly capable senior senior people. Probably. Or highly incapable senior people that use that <laughs> as the... Because I said so. Yeah. But then there was a, a large contingent from the from the junior membership of various departments who seemed like their biggest issue with seniority was the person who was in a medium to low, medium to small department who would talk about how good they were, what they did back in the day, low frequency of calls, and they rested on their laurels of that, and they ballooned up and wait and became less engaged, and now they're just sitting back while the junior members are doing their job mm-hmm. plus the lazy person's job yeah. and they're they're just the blanket covered recliner compressor at this point sure. the dusty old guy in the, comp- the recliner yeah um so i want to go through some of that because you're a senior person you're a senior citizen at this point ish coming up on it i'm a few years behind you but i feel the need to i feel the need to defend seniority too because i feel like we're still relatively engaged sure right and i think there's a a value to seniority in the fire department. I also see the other side as I've worked in small departments of like, this guy is just there. Yeah. Nobody's pushing him out. He's not leaving because there's no pressure on him. It's an easy, easy enough job. He can stay here for the, for 10 years past retirement if he wants to, but he's in the way. Um, and I've also seen it where the higher up in the structure doesn't care or is complacent that sends a message to the station that they don't have to care and it just trickles all the way down. But then if something happens, the new guy gets blamed for not, for something. Yeah. And it's like, well, you've been telling me it's not important or I don't have to care since I've been here. Right. Maybe you should have cared and I would have cared a little bit. Mm-hmm. So with all that, with all that, where do you want to start? <laughs> I think you kind of have to separate a little bit um, in terms of like the vacation picks, salaries, those benefits. I think that as in within pretty much any career, you need to establish some sort of incentive for longevity. And if there is no carrot dangling like long term, you know, I think it might give some people pause to actually get into that 30 year career. And if you look outside of the fire service, it's the same thing. We don't get bonuses, you know, so Mm. it's like we have to have other incentives for um, staying around for 30 years, you know, and. Um, I think that's a good way to incentivize people to stay in a career with longevity is knowing that they will continue to accrue more and more benefits as they go. And, uh, you know, we we're in a, in an industry where you'll benefit from that eventually and you'll probably benefit more, you know, like, um, we did not have engineer pay, longevity pay. Um, I think those are kind of the two big paramedic stipends that were attached to pay. Um, we didn't have that stuff when I started, you know, and right before me, we had fewer Kelly days, you know? And so it's like, um, yes. Uh, sometimes it sucks to look at your peers and go, wow, I, I feel this disparity for somebody who's not doing as much as me. Yeah. But at some point that guy was in the same shoes as you, but with slightly worse benefits with slightly less pay. And, uh, so I think it in, in ours, you know, to be able to have that established as something to continue to work for and stay in the, in the industry. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I think it should be incentivized that way. 
so that's one side of it, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that what it sounded like here, did I already say this? I can't remember if I said this before or after we started recording. It seemed like the smaller departments with low frequency are more susceptible to this. Did I say Probably. Um, because there's no, there's not as much upward movement. <clears throat> like I said, the person is sitting there for a long time. And a lack of frequency lets them say like, yeah, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we had a big fire. What are the chances of that happening again? Right. How much do we really have to train on this through the floor stuff or writ stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't go mutual aid to anybody. We handle everything in house. We all know each other. We're all a bunch of good guys. Mm-hmm. This is a lot, this is a great place to work. And yeah, what's the worst that could happen? You know, and I I hate throwing around the complacency word, but I think that's what it kind of falls into is complacency. I think you do. You know, you get some inbreddedness too of like, you know, if you keep promoting from within, you don't get any outside um, uh, experience or perspective in. You yeah. know, you kind of just stay in that same lane, possibly. You know. Mm. Um, especially if the pool of candidates to move up, you know, is small. Um, sometimes you are, you're given, you have to play what you're given at that point, you know? Yeah. And so you, you might hope that you're going to get a plus people moving up, but you might not be, you know, you might be getting C plus people as the only person who stepped forward, you know? So that's one of the, the craziest things that came back in these responses Two people, one from a pretty big department, uh, very big department. Another one from a very small department said their promotions are 100% based on seniority. Mm-hmm. Where if you're a lieutenant and I got hired a day after you and you retire, I'm just now a lieutenant. Which I think is just it's bananas. It's crazy. Dude, yeah. It's just how how does that even... The, that just boggles my mind. And it yeah. makes me just more happy that we work where we do. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a competitive process. I don't even... You know, it's... Even just thinking of that of like... The, the path that you're going to take on your career, whether you're going to go uh, promotion-wise or whether you're going to go uh, truck-wise or uh, engineer-wise. And then the next day, it could be like, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I know you, you worked do. really hard to become an engineer and really proficient at it, but uh, you're next up. Well, and I'm sure there's more to it, but we have I'm people sure, yeah. that like do not want to be in that leadership role. Mm-hmm. Like They'll say, like, no, I want to do stuff and ride backwards or I'm fine being on the ambulance. Like, no, I don't want to be part of the organization in that aspect. I'm sure they're not forced to promote, you know, Mm -hmm. but also at that point. So let's play both sides into it. You're at 22, 23 years. And now you're able to get a promotion and Mm -hmm. get more on your pension. Are you going to say no to it because you just don't want to be there? Or you're like, ah, maybe this makes me retire at 26 years. If I just do this for a couple of years, even though I hate it, sure. I'm probably not that great at it. I'm sure you get some people that hang around counting numbers and going, you know, three more people go and then I get a pay bump for one paycheck and then I go, yeah. you know, but what are you getting out of that person for the, you know, those three years potentially? Not a lot. Probably I can not. only assume not a lot. And, uh, these, th- I think these are, these are kind of tough conversations for me to navigate because I don't. I don't like airing the fire department's dirty laundry necessarily because sure. I don't want to make us like vulnerable to too much mm-hmm. criticism. Um, but some departments I think are deserving of some criticism and that's just some crazy ways to do stuff. Yeah. Um, what I, what like I if don't they talk on the radio during lunchtime, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're deserving of much more <laughs> than criticism. Um, have you, when you were coming up, and you had senior guys in front of you. And it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a different universe altogether from when you started, even when I started and now. Yeah. Our hierarchy, our structure, 
the expectations, what we're doing mm-hmm. in terms of just even paramedicine and just our responses and stuff like that is a different universe, a different department altogether. Was was the junior membership vocal against lazy senior membership when you came on, or was it more because of where we worked, we're busy, and yeah, this guy might be a slug now, but he proved himself back in the day, and he holds value somewhere else, so it's no big deal. We, I don't think, um, so the junior guys, I don't think were as vocal about lazy or uh, inept senior pipemen, but we had some really good, we had really good officers, a lot of really good officers when I started, and a lot of really good engineers when I started, and those guys did the complaining for you. They, they, t- they took care of business for you, so we didn't have to do a lot of, of that. Yeah. Um, we had some really strong leaders at both both positions, and that stuff, you found out real quick who was a, a low performer, Yeah. and you, didn't, you really didn't have to identify it vocally from the junior side of things. It was pretty much told to, told to you yeah most likely so how do those was there dissension then or just like let's just let's just humor this guy when he gives us orders and i'll take care of you <laughs> you know i think it was just you trusted your skills and as long as he wasn't going to take you down yeah. a bad path you just kind of went with it you know yeah. if someone called nostrils nose holes over the radio you just kind of <laughs> laughed at it and you know moved on yeah. so uh yeah there's <laughs> I think most of the time you just chuckled at it and told the story when you got back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause overall the cult, and I think that's a benefit of, like I said, where we work is you will get found out pretty quick where we work yeah. if you're a low performer. Mm-hmm. And then in today's age of our, of where we work, you'll get dealt with one way or the other. Yeah. You'll get a training plan. You'll be identified. You'll be put on the microscope. You'll get transferred somewhere for department needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and not transferred somewhere to protect you more, but somewhere to keep an eye on you more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in these other departments where it's more like less regulated or smaller, low frequency, you're just, you're going on hoping a prayer that like when this stuff goes down, that you're still good or yeah. you know what's going on. Things with us were a little different too then in that you could hide a low performer better. We were not a, uh, a field treatment. Mm. paramedicine yeah. department. We were a load and go. And uh, in order to continue to collect your paramedic stipend at the time, you had to be assigned to an ambulance. So suppression vehicles couldn't collect. So a lot mm. of weak, older, uh, lazy, low performers were ambulance lieutenants. Okay. And there wasn't a lot of treatment in the field. So it was just like psh, load and go. So it was the right and, answer. Yeah. Yeah. Treat them with and, diesel. We had jump companies a lot then, so we had three-person ambulances yeah. a couple times, and at least two three-person ambulances every day, and so you could hide an officer there, too. Yeah. And we had a lot of guys who suffered for their career being assigned to a lieutenant, basically, because they were high-performing yeah. firefighters and paramedics, so they they got to take care of. Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that person, no, it's, 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 I think it's absolutely yeah, true. They, whether it was intentional or unintentional, they took care of, uh, the rig and the, yeah. and the calls, uh, but that was and picked then. up the slack, I should say. Yeah. But that, that was, that's then. what I'm talking about. That yes. was then. And yes. I think, I think naturally the, the process, hopefully it did in our department, it refines itself and it's yes. like, well, this isn't acceptable anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I started, there were some super strong, obviously the same ones you had, but just a few years later, super strong leaders. 
um, to the point where I was like, I don't, it took me 10 years to feel comfortable approaching promotion. Cause I was like, I have to imagine myself giving orders to this guy. Yeah. And I just, I'm not, there's no way I'm doing that. Cause I don't want to screw up in front of him mm-hmm. and I want to make sure I can like defend what I'm doing. And I just don't feel like I'm capable with this strong leadership above me. Yeah. Which I think was good. You know, you, you, you basically govern yourself into getting more experience until you're ready. Um, but also might be my own problem of like, yeah, I probably could have done it a few years earlier. Yeah. And I just didn't work with those people. They're just intimidating. And maybe they would have helped me come up to that level. Like, like the mentor we always talk about, Dan Wagner, mm-hmm. um, intimidating to work around. Cause you're like, Oh crap, dude, I know I'm doing 98% of it right, but 2% he's going to let me know about yep. and he's going to be right. But when you work under him, he's like, no, let's get you up to hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's all good, man. Like that's mm-hmm. why we're here is to make this better. You yep. know? Um, so a majority of this, in my opinion, comes back to like, you just control what you can. Speaking yeah. now to like the smaller departments who, who, um, are kind of feeling the, the sacrifice, they're feeling the impact of a lazy person above them. Right. And they're like, well, this guy's junk. I'm going to be impacted by him. Well, I here, hate that I'm doing his work. Yeah. Here's the thing too. You are not going to, you're not changing that guy. Yeah. You also are not going to have, we're very lucky right now. Our crew, somehow we got high performers across like at our station yeah. right now, we're in a good position. Uh, you're not going to have a plus players with your crew all the time. It's mm-hmm. going to be a collection of a couple A's, a couple C's, maybe in D and that's going to change all the time. Yeah. And so you have to understand that. And you have to understand that there's probably not something that a two year guy is going to change in a 20 year guy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that you have to kind of take care of your own, your own property at that point, you know, or your yeah. own, your own lawn and not worry about, you know, how bad that is over there. Um, unless it get, and, and that's just stuff around the station, you know, if he's, not helping out with it or whatever. Yeah. If it's something that's actually like detrimental out on calls, right. Then yeah, you can discuss that with your officer. Um, but I think there's only so far you can go with that as well, you know, unless it's a really severe case. Well, there's also a little bit of vigilante justice out there for sure. Where we've heard stories of like the crew has a constant problem with this specific officer, Lieutenant, mm-hmm. and the crew agrees like that guy's on an Island now. Like, we're, we're going to stop going above and beyond for him because he's not providing any sort of value back to us. And so now things that he should be taking care of aren't going to get taken care of. And he's going to have to answer for that. And he'll probably sell us out. Like he'll probably come down and be like, my crew was supposed to take care of that. But there's going to be some things that we were legitimately not supposed to take care of that. He's going to have to take the, the heat for mm-hmm. when the chief asks him, why isn't this done? He says, my crew is supposed to take care of it. The chief will say, it's not their job to take care of that. Right. And so you're rolling the dice at that point, and depending on how long you have left with that person, maybe it's a good tactic and maybe not. But you also have to have a group below, a group in that vigilante team that is together and agreed on that, which is tough to do. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I haven't experienced that thankfully, but we've definitely heard stories of that of like, no, I'm just gonna let this guy do his thing now, and he doesn't help. I think what we do now is like we work with people that will tell you. I'm not mopping the floor as yeah. senior member. I'm not mopping the floor. I'm not unloading the dishwasher. I might make coffee once in a while. Luckily, those people who are saying those things are really good at other parts of their job where they hold value. Hopefully. And and most of it, the people I'm thinking of. Yeah. 
and uh and most importantly the value is on calls and stuff like that so you're willing to let them slide in the station stuff because you know that on calls are going to be locked down mm-hmm. pretty heavy there was another point in here that you and i talked about real quick beforehand that i think needs a little bit of clarification possibly de- possibly defending there was a comment that came through that said the fire service is the only service or industry where as you where seniority doesn't mean getting more out of you or the time as you get more years on you don't have to give more or produce more you mm-hmm. know um, I can go to it directly just so I stop jamming it up here. But yeah. it says, uh, the fire service is the only place where seniority doesn't mean more out of you. I felt I felt defensive about that one because m- more, because different doesn't mean more. Different yeah. means different. And as you climb in seniority, you should be doing different things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you're doing less things. They're just not, maybe your hands aren't as dirty. Right. And I'm I'm going through that now, and I think I'm going to go through it more when the transfers come up is like going to be spending way more time behind the computer and doing admin stuff Mm -hmm. and organizing stuff, less time getting greasy knuckles. Am I doing less or am I just doing different? Yeah. I think that there's, well, there's efficiency of it too. Um, I I think outside of, I, I, I don't agree that that statement is unique to the fire department. And I think I used the, the, uh, the law firm example, if you think that the the major players at the top of a law firm are doing as much work as the peasants, you know, who are trying to, <laughs> in the basement. you know, yeah, yeah, in the basement, filing files away and, yeah. you know, working 80 hours a week, like that's, that's the way it is. And if you want to step, move up, that's the price you pay in the yeah. beginning, you know, is that back to the suck to suck thing? Uh, Sucks to suck. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no. So like, you know, the other thing is like, um, I think once you get to certain points, you know, with seniority, like, especially like in the engineer position, like you're, I think that those guys become kind of an extension of their officer at that point. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's other leadership stuff that they take on, um, whether it's, you know, granted to them or earned or whatever it is, but they kind of become what I think is like a good engineer ends up being like the backbone of the operation. Cause if, if, you know, not that any of the other uh, ranks don't don't all play the part together, but the engineer, like they they kind of get out, and uh, if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, the whole thing goes awry. You yeah. know, take the wrong turn, or you can't get water in. It's a pretty individual thing, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. So I do think that their job uh, does inherit some responsibility and some leadership that isn't promoted. You know, necessarily, yeah. and. Um, with that extra leadership, sometimes mopping the floor and uh, taking out the trash liners isn't always in it anymore, you know? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I agree with that. We work with a guy now who's got a total of over 30 years on the fire service because he transferred 11 years in. And, uh, yeah, I will absolutely defend that. He doesn't have to mop the floor and do stuff mm-hmm. when there's four other guys in the station, including me, yeah. with roughly 13 less years on <laughs> in general. Mm-hmm. Like, no, if he wants to sit at the table and and read the paper while we're vacuuming and doing stuff and cleaning up around him, then yep. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But we're also talking about people doing stuff the right way. We're, we're putting out how we kind of operate and yeah. our idealistic approach. This all falls apart if that, if those things aren't happening the right way. Right. If you do have the person that's just a slug and in the way, mm-hmm. uh, if you do have someone that just shirks responsibility because they're just tired of doing it or they're 
burnt out for whatever reason yeah. or disinterested for whatever reason, that's when it starts to fall apart. My suggestion though, if you're, if you are really interested in getting the slug to go is like, you might have to do some like reverse psychology on them and <laughs> in either one, find out what their personal interests are and maybe start engaging them that way mm. or find out what, what skill they do have and ask for help on it, you know, yeah. and maybe that gets them moving a little bit and gets them engaged. I think that with those people attacking them, you're not, it's never going to work. You're no. just, you're, you're just going to get frustrated and that's not going to motivate them to be like, you know what? That guy's right. I really need to get out there and, <laughs> and do stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a, a junior guy who's recognizing that and they do have some skills, they're just hidden in there, like yeah. pry around a little bit and see if you can see if you can engage them. If you don't want that, then that's your problem at this point. You just have a problem with someone working less than you and collecting more money than you. And which is frustrating, but yeah, you know, that's the way it's built. Yeah. And, uh, it's built for like, like you're saying, it's built for the people who are doing it right. Unfortunately, there's always gonna be people who aren't doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I said, I've said that to people as an officer, I've had very candid conversations with people telling them like, we know there's this issue going on with you. Give me something good to report. And we're just going to exploit that. Yeah. And I'll, I give the same speech when I get to the crew of like, if you screw up and you think it's going to go somewhere, I need to know immediately because I can help you through it. Um, it's probably not that bad, but even if it's like, I, I took the wrong turn five times getting to that call, I'm going to document it for the sole purpose that we're going to pay attention to that. And now a year from now, you've shown a hundred percent improvement. That's a, that's like a free, uh, freebie. It's mm-hmm. a gimme. Give me something small you screw up on and I'll show improvement on an easy thing yep. as like a low hanging fruit. Uh, but give me something like you've got to give me something. If you're just going to be a hundred percent jerk, a well-rounded slug, mm-hmm. I got nothing. And then when they come to me and say, why isn't this guy getting his PS tracks done? I can say like, oh, because he does these five other things and we have a probationary member out there. He missed a few days. My bad. Yeah. If you're absent altogether and they say, why is his PS tracks done? I say, I'm sorry. I guess I'll go. Yeah. I guess now we have several meetings to have. Didn't do them. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly why you think yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Um, there's another one that uh, I think is important to delineate. It says, "No other job do you get quote unquote respect for molding yourself into the sofa for 20 years." It plays two things against each other: seniority versus respect. Yeah. Also, who has sofas? Right. In their stations. Gross. Super gross. <laughs> My part-time department head one is gross. Um, you don't get respect for molding yourself into the recliner. No, it's the polar opposite right yeah, there. But you get seniority. Yeah. <laughs> you do Correct. get seniority. That's then that's a pain point you were talking about. Is like, yeah, sometimes it's easy to just hate on someone because they're doing less than you. Obviously, they're not doing it right. And they are getting four more vacation picks than you a year. And ten thousand more dollars because they've been there for longer. Mm-hmm. That is frustrating. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think that's. You can choose to continue to hate that person, or hopefully, if they're not on your crew, you just accept that as like good thing. They're not really impacting me. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying them. It's not coming out of my pocket. They're not slowing me down at all. No, I don't have to like that person. Sorry. Yeah. I I don't know. There's no there's no real solid answer to that one besides that sucks and that person sucks and I'm sorry. Right. Try Kurt's tactic of appealing to them. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, Mm -hmm. but that's a for real problem. Um, what else do you think? 
on sen- on the seniority front. I mean, I get it. Again, it makes me happy that we work where we do. I mean, we- it's just a wheel, though. You know, it keeps turning. You're going to be on the top of the seniority at some point in time. Yeah. And someone below you is going to be whining the same way you whined 15 years ago. You yeah. Know? It's just, it'll benefit you, you know. Sometimes it comes <laughs> sooner, sometimes it comes later. The other thing, too, is like I feel like, Sometimes this happens with the demographic for your department. And so if you're a pretty senior department, um, you probably hear a little bit less of this, you know, but mm-hmm. right now we're probably, would you guess 40% of our people are below five years? Close to it. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. That's a, that's a mob, you yeah. know, and if they <laughs> chirp, if they chirp enough, you know, then yeah, you start hearing those things and yeah. they, they feed on each other and fan the flames a bit, you know? Mm. Um, so, but like I said, you know, it eventually you get your turn at the top, you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's different, you know, it all depends on when people come and when people go, you know, we had guys that I came on with that, that came on two, three years above me have been engineers for, since they had 10 years on, it was 18 years for me, you yeah. know? So it's like, it just, that's the way just it goes. the cycle. It's the way it goes. Um, I will say it, it definitely drove home the point of, of providing value in one way or another. Like if you're not going to be the most in shape, then please be the best at something else or be good at something else. Mm-hmm. So people don't look at you and just count you off immediately. And we have people like that who are in the best of shape, but you're like, yeah, but he's really good at X, Y, Z. Or yeah. Like I would definitely count him on for that. I think one of the most unfair people to pick on is like the people who aren't line personnel per se. They're like in the car and they're the shift commander or the battalion chief or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. like, that guy's out, over, out of shape and overweight and he's telling me to get in better shape. Well, yeah, because he's not doing what you're mm-hmm. doing. Like, he I has don't to listen to forty babies on the phone every day complain <laughs> about the schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need him to be running mm-hmm. in buildings. I need him to be very well organized mm-hmm. and very good at putting people where they're supposed to be yep. and know where I am in the building and manage that. That's what I need him to do. Mm-hmm. I don't need him to do all the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, some of the more unfair ones I've seen. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just providing value because and value where it counts, which is operationally. If you're bad operationally, but you're really good at cleaning light bulbs, that doesn't do us a lot of good. If you refuse to clean and do spring cleaning, but I know you're just locked down on water supply and and you go to classes and do hose advancement and you're a good leader or whatever your your category is, I'm not concerned about that. Mm -hmm. We'll figure that out. In the same vein, some of the most frustrated I've been working, and I've told you about this before, was like the fish rotting from the head type of deal where the station captain or the senior person in the station is checked out. That sends a message to their crew. Their crew doesn't care. So the crews on both sides of them are like, well, if they don't care, that's the captain's station. If he doesn't care, then I'm not going to care. And then inevitably the low guy gets blamed for it when something goes wrong. If if another, I think the final thing I got was this was like, um, like you said in the beginning, the guy that sucks, that just uses because I'm senior or like, because I told you so is the approach. Mm Mm-hmm especially in our department where where you said the numbers of how many people are junior, they're noticing and they're not buying it one step. And I, I actually have a feeling that a lot of our junior guys now are less likely to be influenced like I was out of spite and be like, well, I don't care then. Yeah. And more likely just to to group together and just discard that person altogether. And then yeah. they lose effectiveness. I mm-hmm. feel like that's the new age of the firefighter coming up is like, I'm just going to recognize you suck and I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. And I'm just going to disregard everything you say, Yeah. which will come back to bite them. But it's way less of like, well, he's, a, he's the boss. So I'll just fall in line and 
I guess it'll work out. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a different world now we where, are, yeah. where uh, people will be open, almost openly like disregarding of what you're saying mm-hmm. because they know they're smarter than you. Yes. <laughs> they know they're smarter than you and they've seen you not perform. Mm-hmm. So they're like, nah, and just move on, which is a major shock to yeah. some senior guys. Sure <laughs> major shock. Um, so if you're a senior guy, you've more or less been put on notice that this new generation of firefighter is not going to fall in line just because you've been there long enough. And it may not be insubordinate behavior, but they're not, they're not going to be your friend. Like the old guys were like, yeah, but he's a great guy. And you know, he's been around and he'll help us out if we need to. Mm -hmm. I can do it if I had to kind of thing. Yeah. Not flying anymore. If you're a junior guy, what I would say was good job recognizing it. Don't get yourself in trouble it's not going to be worth it because you'll be around a lot longer than that guy is going to be here. Yeah. And don't burn any bridges that you might have to cross in the future because that guy's got friends and those friends might be 10 years junior to him mm-hmm. and they might be your boss someday when that person's gone and you're still going to feel the effects of telling this guy to, to suck it or whatever, mm-hmm. or disregarding him on a call. You might be like, Oh, thank God that guy retired. Uh, those problems will persist. Yes. <laughs> they will absolutely <laughs> persist. Um, and if you're on the union side, keep fighting, man. I want more pay and better benefits. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking it for granted. And I hope that uh, I hope that we continue to earn the benefits that were afforded. 100%. I mean, if nothing else, you can look at it like that. We have guys that work out purely out of obligation because they say, I came from a small department and I wasn't getting paid very well, but you guys are paying me well and we're running calls. I feel the only reason I work out is because I feel the need to justify my salary at this point. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'll take it. Sure, 100%. Um, I'll absolutely take that. So that if nothing else, you can always fall back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, about some closing stuff, what do you think? As a senior uh, citizen yourself. I think I think we panged it pretty good. There's a lot in there. There was. There's another side of it that I'm not. we're not going to get into now, which is like the trauma side of it and why people stack on 50 pounds and, and withdraw yeah. and become that person. That, I'd have to think about that one for a while yeah because there's so many different sides to it i hate the old argument of like everybody's fighting a battle you don't see so be nice to everybody definitely don't be nice to everybody yeah (laughs) like you definitely don't have to do that no um but i think taking your approach of like maybe getting rid of your disdain for a second and appealing to them that's and as i'm thinking about it more i'm i do think that like right now like i'm a collection of a lot of guys that I just asked question to that gave me their time, you know, mm. and I, not that all of them were amazing guys in seniority. Like, I mean, my probably like one of my top compliments on the job was like Randy Lenhart was the driver of engine one. And I just had a couple questions about him about stuff that I would ask him a pass on. And like one day he's like, man, he's like, I love answering your questions. He's like, you always have good questions. And like, for me, I was like, dang, if this guy's saying that, then, and it, so then yeah. it kind of sparked a little passion, but we had a guy on the opposite end of the spectrum who was the head of our fleet division. And the guy could tell you everything about an engine, but he was the worst, uh, counterpart to work yeah. with the worst coworker to work with around the station. But you could get a ton of stuff pumping information or information out of him if you yeah. wanted it, you know? And so, um, I think you could probably, seek out a little bit more and maybe that might give you a little bit you don't need to fully respect the person but at least enough respect to go like okay uh there is some benefit i can get out of this guy i understand his limitations that he's gonna give me other places but 
I'll benefit off of this guy somehow. Yeah. And, and just find that, you know? Yeah. And we brought up a, a hypothetical person that we both know in the past with stories. I think I actually added one out <laughs> our last uh, <laughs> episode we did together. Um, I've got, I've gotten some really good career advice from someone that I would not want to go into a burning building with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that doesn't make it okay that he was still working, but at least I can look back and be like, you know what? There was a person in there and he did give me decent advice from time to time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad he's not working anymore, but I don't look back and be like, that guy was hundred percent bad. Yeah. I wish he never existed. He was a blight on the department history. Like, yeah. no, he, he started out as one thing, turned into a different thing. Luckily, I was able to have a decent relationship with him where he gave me some good stuff from the beginning part when he was a different person. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was a benefit to me. Yeah. The other thing, too, is you don't always have to <clears throat> pull out uh, useful line information. Like, I've had some really weak performers, but they're really good with financial stuff or they're really yeah. good on the Fair Promotions Act or pension stuff. And yeah. so, like, it doesn't have to be like, okay, well... <clears throat> teach me friction loss. It could be, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, this guy's really smart on that on rental properties, you know? So, yeah. you know, so there's other ways you can benefit off of people's information other than being like a high performer mm-hmm. online too. But yeah, I guess old guys just show your value, like show, show value, preferably operational value. That'd be the best but show value so the young guys just don't discount you automatically because yeah. they're, they're willing to. Also, I'm getting a little long-winded on this too, but on the flip side of this... This is free. <laughs> yeah. If you're a new guy and you ask someone an old guy questions, <laughs> you better be willing to sit there for the next 20 minutes and listen to the answer that I'm going to give you. <laughs> yeah. But if you ask me a question and five minutes in or five seconds and you're like, no, I know, I think I'm good. Like, what are we doing here? You know, okay. so like... <laughs> we'll tell the story. <laughs> I think I just did for the most well, part. Well, but then we addressed it <laughs> yeah, more or less, we right? Did. And and you shared that frustration with me. And then it happened to me where he basically asked a question to confirm what he already knew, but was not socially keyed in enough just to be like, okay, thanks. Yeah. He felt the need to tell me then. That's what I thought mm-hmm. after this long-winded, obviously, long-winded explanation I gave right. him. So we had what I think is a valuable conversation where, where I essentially said, like, if you know the answer, don't ask me that question just to make me work to answer it for you. Right. If you want to show me what you know, tell me and I'll confirm it or we'll adjust it. But don't make me work to answer your questions. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do that. Yep. And I told him, because next time you ask, I'm not going to answer your question. I'm going to ask you, what do you think, smart person? Right. And you might be right all the time, but I don't need to put in the work to answer that question if you're just going to tell me, oh, yeah, I knew that, yeah. or that's what I thought. You know, at this point, I put almost 20 years in of learning this answer that I'm going to give you. <laughs> and so for you, with two years on, goes, yeah. nah, I got it. Like, you don't, because <laughs> I just got it. You might have a little, yeah. you might have just that sentence yeah. I gave you, but look at all this. Yep. <laughs> look at Look at everything you don't know that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we, we're not going to talk about now. Right. Because you got it. Correct. Oh, yeah. That's a cool one. <laughs> I think you're right. I think we did hit it. You crotchety old senior citizen. Did, yeah. <laughs> Took a little bit to pry it out, but it happens. It happens. It's a tricky one, man, because we come from, I said it again, we come from a good department mm-hmm. that this does not fly. The, the lazy senior guy thing doesn't fly. Yeah. And so it's hard to get out of what we're doing and stop providing like our examples of it. 
because there's departments that are not operating that way. Mm -hmm. And they have some for real problems with stagnant in the way recliner compressors. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a bummer. Keep testing. Yeah. Wait for them to leave. Keep working. Find your group of motivated individuals around you. You don't have to be Jocko and like get up at 4 a.m. to be hyper vigilant. Yep. But there's absolutely little pockets of I mean, guys. You can empty the dishwasher, but like you can do that <laughs> at whatever time you want. Because yeah. I'm I'll walk right by it. I remember it's nine in the morning. Yeah, I'll walk right by it at three in the morning, just as I do at six o five in the morning. Um, <laughs> Better let these cool down. <laughs> oh, dude, too hot. Too hot. Just leave the door cracked. Let the steam out. Um, there's probably some soakers from the night before sitting there because we're afraid to work hard on, on pots and pans. There's no such thing as a soaker. Can I just get that out of the way also? There's no such thing as a soaker. There's only lazy firemen who don't feel like working for five <laughs> right. minutes on a pants. <laughs> sure. There's no such thing as a soaker. Stop it. Um, but there's absolutely pockets in our department of like four, six, eight, ten people who go, go to classes and like do their own thing, mm-hmm. regardless of what their officer is doing or their senior leadership is doing because that's what they want to do. Yeah. Find those people and just keep doing your thing and just trust that that person is going to retire and just try to hold on to what you got long enough so when you're in that position, you don't become one of them mm-hmm. and people don't hate you like you hate them. Correct. That's a decent summary of it, right? I think so. Sick. <laughs> Once again, did not mention Rescue on CBD or Fourth Frontier in the beginning of this thing. Talked about True Detective, Night Country. Do not suggest you go watch True Detective, Night Country at all. Do suggest you go check out Rescue One CBD, 0.000 THC, safe for the job. Pretty awesome dude down there in Florida and pretty awesome company. Also, check out the Fourth Frontier X2 heart heart rate monitoring strap. I've been saying like, oh, it's just like every other monitoring strap, but it has the GKG. Of course, I'm misrepresenting the company because every email I get from them, it says, not just a heart rate monitoring strap. Great ambassador for yeah, the perfect. brand. It's not just another heart rate monitoring <laughs> strap. It has all these things, more than you think, plus lead to EKG, which is pretty dope, I mm-hmm. think. I, I use it. I, I just used it yesterday in the bike ride because um, I think it's cool to be able to, to see lead to because yeah. I am still still just the tiniest bit interested in being a paramedic. It's fading quickly, mm-hmm. but I still have an interest. I answered a question box on Instagram the other day. Someone said, based on my restock list, guess what call I was on? Mm-hmm. Sucked. I missed it completely. Super embarrassed. <laughs> and I told them, like, I would have really done really good at this like 12 years yeah. ago. I would have nailed this thing. And they're like, you mentioned stuff that's not even on the list. I'm like, I thought it was an incomplete list. Yeah. And, and the stuff they were giving is not even in our SMOs. Like, these mm-hmm. drugs they were giving, way big deviation from what we would do. But I was wrong anyways. I was like, man. I suck, dude. I have to make sure that I'm the second person in with a cot when I used to go to the <laughs> hospital because I don't know the key code to get in anymore. So they're like, it's the address. I'm like, uh. <laughs> of where? Of where? <laughs> station one? There's no way it's station one's address. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Let's all keep working on being more capable and durable, both on the job and away from it, and be a four shifter. <laughs>